What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Good morning and welcome back to Success Made to Last Authors Corner. I'm Rick Tokini. This show was presented by Heather Barnes Media, and they are the leading food photographer across the South. Ironically, our author, Renee Gilbo, is incredible within her uh, industry, food industry. She is instrumental in developing a revolutionary uh, menu executing high-volume strategies all over the world and hopes to empower others with this inspirational career story of grit and leadership. Her book is titled A Taste of Opportunity, and what a unique book it is. Renee, welcome Thank to our so show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm happy to be here. Well, we're glad to have you on. So tell us your backstory. My backstory. Well, I... I started this project because as somebody who began my career as a high school dropout, I wanted to kind of expand the horizons for what was possible for people like me and what was achievable for people like me. Um, because I felt like there was a lot of, um, I don't know, not just a lack of hope, but also misunderstanding for the opportunities that are available with, with jobs that give you skills and help you learn as you move forward. And I was astonished by a statistic that I've just, you know, it kind of boggled my mind that almost two thirds of Americans have never finished college or gone to college. And I thought, well, there's a really large group of us out here that really needs to be served and kind of ignited in this way of, there are so many different career choices and career paths and opportunities if you kind of look at each job as a stepping stone toward something closer that brings you joy, something closer to, you know, what you want to work on and, and your dream job and your, and your, you know, goals for whatever they might be, personal, professional. So I, so I wrote this book because I think um, as somebody who walked that path and wanted to tell those stories... I realized that this was a powerful moment um, in the life of not only just opportunity for young people, but also people who are mid-career path who might not be feeling so much joy in what they're doing in their day-to-day. And there's always another way, right? The, the sun always comes up tomorrow. There's always another opportunity to pivot. And mm. I just you know, wanted to really lean into the hopefulness of listening to yourself and and understanding that that will always take you to wonderful places. So. <laughs> Excellent. And what's, you know, you've had a lifetime of experience in the industry, but tell us a little bit about some of the places you've been and where you've worked. Sure. I, um, I was very fortunate to work kind of all over the world. Um, my career started 
in the States, in Los Angeles. And uh, by the time I was 24, I realized that I wanted to go to culinary school after I had already started in a whole different part of the food world in purchasing and procurement and buying and selling large scale ingredients for manufacturing purposes. I thought, okay, I'm good at this, but it doesn't really light me up. <laughs> so if I want mm -hmm. to be in a food space where I'm creating those kinds of experiences, I need to go to culinary school. And, you know, after a lot of twists and turns, I was fortunate to be able to go to France and go to culinary school there because I thought, well, you know, if I'm going to do it, I want to do it right. <laughs> and so I, I was very lucky to, to be able to go over there. And, and it was a very um, compelling experience for me. And it was a very formative experience for me, not just the culinary training. That was great. But living there, living in a culture that really respected and valued food and the, the opportunities it created for gathering and connection and deliciousness. And it was such a departure from American food culture for me. And I just completely fell in love. And it really kind of shaped and molded my thinking around how I wanted to spend my time and what kinds of experiences I wanted to create and what I wanted my life to, to look like personally. And so all roads kept leading me back to Europe, <laughs> which was really, really funny. And through, through different jobs, I moved to the UK, I cooked there. I became an executive chef because I thought that was my dream job. And I realized that was actually my nightmare. And so, you know, I moved into the business side of food and that took me back to Europe and to places like, um, you know, Australia and Mexico and South America and Russia and the Middle East and all sorts of, you know, amazing countries and cultures. And it was just, you know, a complete um, twist of events for a high school dropout who had no idea that any of these kinds of jobs were even possible or existed. <laughs> so yeah, I've been very fortunate. I've, I've been all over the world for work. Yeah, you you are going to be a guest on our Transform Traveler show because we don't have enough time today to ask you all the <laughs> questions about where you've traveled and what you've experienced. But you just gave me a cannon load of uh, questions that will help us unpack a taste of opportunity. And uh, for starters, congratulations on being a light to the world. Thank you. And and breaking a, a pattern and what we would even call a stigma about you've got to go to college to be successful. Yeah. I think, I think that's the old way of thinking. And luckily this new generation yep. is really showing that not only are they questioning the value of, of college and certainly, you know, the American structure of college, which is, you know, grab a lot of debt um, and, you know, not necessarily have that immediate reward. Um, or or value that's obvious, but but also how they want to spend their time and how many different ways that you can make a living. You know, in this new kind of creator economy, people have all sorts of different jobs now and all sorts of different revenue streams. And I think in the next twenty years, you know, the work as we used to know it will be very very different. And so, kind of leaning into people's passions and and where they're learning and how they're learning and holding curiosity above everything else. And whether that's a structured traditional route like college and 
um, that's the path, or it's a different one where it's, you know, trade school or no school and learning on the job. It's all available and it all leads to wonderful places if you're willing to take the learnings and keep growing. I think that's the thing everybody has to have in common, not the how you get there part. <laughs> that's right. What strikes us is that you were called to a higher purpose. And that you continue to not just spot risk, but take risk. Yeah. So when people read your book, uh, what do you want them to uh, take away from a, a risk perspective? So that's such a really good and powerful question. And it's something that I spent a lot of time thinking about, um, especially as I was framing up the book. Um, because it's it's not a message that we hear a lot, you know, personal responsibility and giving yourself permission to hold your dreams and goals as the purpose and the fuel that you use to get through the harder moments that we all face in our day to day, whether it's professional or personal. And I think, you know, really leaning into the idea that it is all available to you, but it's all up to you, too. And you can achieve anything you want to achieve if you're willing to do the work. Um, and just kind of looking at opportunity that way, I think it's really powerful. And, you know, there could be a sense of feeling like that would be, you know, somehow deflating or, um, you know, scary and like, oh, wow, I can't take that on. You know, it, it feels too heavy. But I actually find it very liberating and joyful in that it's, it is all up to me and I know what I'm capable of and I'm going to keep going for it when I can. And that's what risk is, right? Risk is saying, I don't know what's going to happen and it doesn't need to be perfect. And it's, it's okay if I fail. It's okay if I humiliate myself. Keep going, keep trying. You know, you'll get better. You'll get closer to what you love. But I think the trying part's really, really important. And that's why I named my company. SAA, which means try in French, because it's not about achievement to me. It's about having the gumption to give it a shot. You know, that's what matters. That's exactly right. You you were so motivating. And um, I'm wondering if um, you are offering follow-up classes to this book, or you've got this bank of counselors who can answer all these questions from people who want to know, well, can I be like, <laughs> well, first of all, the, the short answer to that is in the food world. Yes, we do offer a lot of training programs and um, we're very proud of our interpersonal skills uh, modules. And we call that Mies mode, which is just like the book. It's time to get into Mies mode because in the culinary world, as a chef, you have to have your mise en place together. You cannot cook a service for 200 people if you don't have your tools and your ingredients prepped and ready to go, right? You can't like hard boiled eggs for 200 cob salads in 10 minutes. <laughs> so that kind of preparation and organization is something that I apply to all, you know, training and thinking through how can we, um, you know, go deeper with our own skills? Where can we learn more critical thinking, problem solving, reframing? Um, listening, collaborating, teamwork, all the things that we might not necessarily get trained on at work, but actually are the key elements to our ability to move forward and succeed. So um, 
anybody can learn more about our programs. We have a lot of things in development right now, and we have some things that are available. And the idea is that, you know, we become a real learning space and a connector and a hub for people to grab resources and tools so they can excel and, and a safe place to ask questions apart from their employers where they can go just to grow and just to learn. There you go. And I'd like to you to back up a little bit for Generation A, <laughs> which I believe was born from 2014 mm -hmm. on. And I'd like for you to speak to my grandchildren today about why, go, why they should possibly pursue their passion and chase down Renee Gilbo so my granddaughter can say, I want to be like Renee. So what do you have to say to the newest generation about their path? Well, I think, you know, it's, it's such a, a strong and important question because my daughter is also generation A and um, she just turned four and I want her to have a life of joy and purposefulness and um, to really pay attention to mm. what she loves and to pay equal attention to what she doesn't love so that she can craft, you know, her ideal way of working and her ideal life. And I think, you know, I was very, um, very much brought up in a family of structure and you go to college and you do the right thing and then you'll get the right outcome. And I, you know, <laughs> it was the, kind of the, the shameful black sheep who just didn't do it that way. And, and it was really hard for people to understand that there's more than one way to do something. And I think that Gen A has such an incredible opportunity to not have that barrier in front of them, that, you know, that cultural expectation and also to accelerate, you know, their dreams and goals and create a life wrapped around what those things are. So that's what I would say to your grandkids of focus on what you love, focus on what you don't love and stay close to that because at the end of the day, when you're working, it won't feel like work. It'll feel like joy. And that's, you know, work is work, right? There's always an element that isn't going to be the most fun thing in the world. We all face that. But by and large, your days will be spent feeling valuable and meaningful. And that's what's, I think, most important. You bet. That's the reason why, Renee, we wanted you on the show. And here you are on Success Made to Last. And all we are, in the end, is a show about moving from success to significance, and you just nailed it. I mean, nailed it. And now I know a little bit more, and our audience knows a little bit more about why all these people that are luminaries in the industry have come to support Taste of Opportunity, including the vice president of global workplace programs with the one and only Google company. Cause it is, it's not just about food at the heart of this is being called to a higher purpose and focusing on what you love and then going after it. And it ends up being netting out a joyful, happier. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved. We are gathered here today to, has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. 
Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Life and probably in part solves mental health issues that we're facing. Yeah, I think so. I mean, it's. I think it's really challenging when you're doing work day in and day out that you don't feel connected to. Um, and, and a lot of people, you know, are in that situation right now where we have to have food on the table. We have to keep the lights on. And so, you know, doing what you have to do trumps doing what you want to do. And I think it's a real opportunity um, that's unfolded. That's a beautiful thing where we can actually change that model and make what we do also what we love and, you know, find pathways to monetize that, whether it's in the corporate world or whether it's in the creator world. Um, it's, it's really important to look at all of the different options right now. Mm -hmm. Well said. Right, we're going to cut to commercial and throw it to Renee first. Where can people um, purchase the book and even possibly get you to come out as a speaker, consultant, or any other services that your enterprise may yeah, offer? Thank you. I, um, I think the best place to find me is at saafoodconsulting.com, spelled E-S-S-A-Y-E-R. And you can find me on Twitter at Gilbo Renee or on LinkedIn. Um, I'm even on Instagram as Chef Renee Gilbo, so I could do some fun things over there. Um, and I think, you know, for the book, you can find it at any retailer online um, that sells, uh, you know, books like Amazon and all, all of the, the usuals. And, um, you know, I think back to your point about um, this book being such a valuable tool and, and the people who are standing behind it. This is a book for everybody. It's not just a book for people in the food world. It's a book for people who want to understand more about how to build a career, how to build a life how to lead. And there's 15 people speaking into this book through video interviews, sharing their own personal journeys and everybody's journey and pathway are different and everybody's journey and pathway is meaningful. And it's, you know, absolutely worth spending the time to watch and learn and listen because it opens everything up for, for what's possible, which is a beautiful thing. You are very motivating and I love what you're saying. Uh, we will be right back with Renee after this uh, quick message from Heather Barnes. Hello, I'm Heather Barnes, food and product photographer and storyteller behind the lens. Our Austin-based team is all about visual solutions. For your brand, it's essential for your product to be memorable and have stickiness. Our clients like Ghirardelli, Tiff's Treats, and Nautamu choose our photography to develop positive associations with their brand. They call our work inspiring because it moves consumers into a relationship with their company. And we can do the same for you. Learn more today at heatherbarnes.com. Focused on you, your story, and your success with memorable photography garnished with love. And we're back with Renee Gilbo. And on the back half of this show, as we always do, we ask a little bit deeper philosophical questions. And I gave Renee a little bit of a warning before we started the show, but <laughs> I know you love surprises. <laughs> um, you've had lots of mentors in your life. Why don't you take the um, the platform here and thank two or three of your favorite mentors? Oh, gosh, that's that is awesome. I would love to. I think 
first of all, I would I would thank um, Michael Backer, who you just mentioned, the the vice president of global workplace services for Google. He was an extraordinary mentor uh, to me and a support to me, and I think he's he's one of the most inspirational people that that I've ever met because he has always created a space that was collaborative and um, not only inclusive but like almost propelling transparency and um, lifting up failures and mistakes as opportunities for growth and innovation. And the culture that he created was just a beautiful, um, you know, kind of forward thinking, um, unique mm -hmm. environment for, for achievement. And so, yeah, I think Michael, Definitely. And I, I think also Matt Delaney, who was one of my first F&B mentors, he's also a head coach uh, for Mies Mode. Um, he's just, you know, I, I call him everybody's favorite grandpa. <laughs> he's got, I think, 11 grandkids oh. and four adult children. I think they all live on the same street. Um, but, you know, here's here's a person who took time for younger me who made so many mistakes. I mean, and that's the thing we all have to talk about. You know, we learn by doing. We learn by making mistakes. And it's okay to make mistakes as long as we learn, right? Like, I cringe at the kind of manager I was 15, 20 years ago. But also, that's how you learn, right? And Matt was an incredible mentor to me, showing me what mattered, what was possible. He was a part of my Peabot. I talk about it in the book, you know, building your personal board of directors and somebody who I've relied mm -hmm. upon for trusted uh, counsel for, for a long time. And I think, you know, if I was going to thank somebody, he would also be, um, you know, an incredible catalyst and, um, advisor in my career. I think, you know, p taking time oh, for cool. people who don't necessarily deserve it is a big, it's a big thing in a young person's life, you know, and the people who do that, who weigh in and speak in, not because they have to, but because they want to see somebody grow and do better. Those are, those are the angels amongst us, I think. They sure are. And as uh, you've been mentored, this book represents that you are pushing it forward and letting people know about your own journey. So that's, I, we appreciate your, your abundance mentality. And, um, I want to ask you, why is it sometimes good to have a chip on your shelf? <laughs> wow. That's an interesting question. You know, I think I, my, my initial reaction to that is just the, the joy of, of, um, what's the word that I'm looking for when you have absolutely no clue, you know, when you're a teenager and you're kind of like, I know everything and I'm doing everything and I have all confidence in the world and I know it all. And then you actually do achieve all these amazing things because you don't yet have imposter syndrome. You don't yet have these things that are weighing you down and holding you back. And it's like ignorance is bliss kind of a thing where I think that's what mm -hmm. I would, that's, that's where I'm going when you, when you ask that question, because I think we we get held back by a lot of things that we don't necessarily need to be. And so having a chip on your shoulder can be really good um, in a lot of ways. <laughs> That's right. It, it is so true. Okay, so you talked about your friend and one of your mentors who was a great collaborator. I want you to comment on why smart collaboration in life and in the kitchen 
are so important, knowing that you can go farther with two versus going flying solo. Yeah, absolutely. Well, there's no such thing as a lone wolf in business, right? And it's the same thing in family. And I think if the pandemic taught us anything, like we need each other. We we thrive in community. And and one person can have an idea, but a team of people can build onto that idea and take it to extraordinary places. So I very much subscribe in the importance of collaboration and prioritizing that and creating a space for, for different and unique voices that are completely different than yours because perspectives matter and they elevate. And so the richness of the diversity of voices at the table with the experiences and the backgrounds and the ideas will always take you to a stronger place than if you just think about something by yourself. There you go. And I want you to give one example of smart collaboration from your experience in uh, French cooking. French cooking. Well, I was actually just talking about this um, the other day because, um, you know, when you build a recipe in food development for, you know, either a restaurant or a global food brand, you don't do that in a vacuum, right? Because you're always going to miss something. So when you're thinking about a recipe, you're thinking about flavor profiles, you're thinking about textures, experiences, dynamics, um, and and it's really important to get the feedback. And of course, as a as a culinarian, a lot of the feedback you get because food is really personal to everybody, you you can kind of dismiss it very quickly and be like, oh, you don't know what you're talking about, or you know, this is you're not the target audience, or whatever it is, but. Actually, there are pearls and gems in all of the feedback that you get around recipe collaboration that are really important and impactful to a business. So I think that's the first thing that comes to mind. You're asking great questions, by the way. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> um, all right. So that's beautifully stated. Appreciate that. Again, we want to have you on another show because we need to unpack collaborations a little <laughs> bit more. One of the things, Renee, that we've been studying recently with authors and others on this show is uh, epiphanies. And in general, I would love for you to comment on how can we speed up epiphanies? Gosh, you know, that's a fascinating question. I don't know if you can speed up epiphanies. I think a lot of places where those come from are from experience, but also from rest and from deep thinking, right? Some of the most creative mm -hmm. and innovative thinking that I've been able to do has come from restfulness. Um, and there's so much, you know, research and incredible thinkers who stand behind how important it is to create that spaciousness so that you can even pay attention to the things that'll, that are bubbling up inside of you. Um, and, and I think, you know, it's creating those spaces intentionally, um, in the world that's moving so, you know, quickly all the time, but also just understanding that the experiences that you have in life year over year, month over month, week over week are going to create those opportunities to stretch your thinking and your thinking will evolve. The epiphanies that you will have had 10 years ago are going to be completely different. Um, and will, you know, lead you to where you are today. And it will be the same, you know, truth dynamic for 10 years out from now. So, um, yeah, spaciousness and experience and giving grace for the fact that things evolve and change and tuning into that is really important. 
If we were a university, we would bestow an honorary PhD for what you just said. Experiences stretch. <laughs> well, I can tell you my, my grandpa, who's no longer with us, would really appreciate that because being um, somebody who got a GED, I think he would have... <laughs> He would have loved to know that there was somebody out there thinking that I was capable of academia success. <laughs> you bet. All right. Wrap up question for Renee Gilbo is this one. Your your book, uh, Taste of Opportunity, is underscored um, with the word fear. And I want you to tell our listening audience one more time or elaborate upon. What is your relationship with fear and what should we learn from that going forward to actually start to walk the talk and apply what's been written in a taste of opportunity? Yeah. I think that goes to, to risk taking really fear, um, you know, because fear holds us back. It stops us from doing all sorts of things, fear of sounding stupid, fear of, you know, uh, failing, fear of not achieving things. And I think if we're willing to adopt a mindset that's like, you know what, I'm not going to place my value on the accomplishment. I'm going to place, I'm going to place the value on the experience and on the willingness to try, um, and and just to see, you know, how much that ignites all sorts of things in your life. And the ability to try and the ability to um, Put yourself first and think about your personal goals and do what you can to achieve them step by step. That's the, that's the best you can do in your life, right? And anybody can do being willing to try and reach and grow and stretch. That's, that's a lived life. And so I think fear is something to park. Yeah. Pay attention to it, but don't let it drive your decision-making and don't let it hold you back from being who you can be and achieving what you know you can achieve. Outstanding. Renee, you're welcome back anytime. And uh, what a joy to have you on today's program. Thank you so much for having and, me, Rick. Uh, I really appreciate it. You bet. Congratulations on frog leaping, <laughs> as us French would say, to significance. Thank you. Appreciate it. You bet. And uh, as we wrap up this show, as usual, we wish you a successful life on your way to significance. Hi, everybody. This is Cliff Rose. I'm one of the inventors of the ThermoJo temperature-controlled heating coffee mug. I'm calling from beautiful downtown Fairfield, Iowa, and I'm sitting here enjoying a perfect cup of coffee with the new ThermoJo heating coffee mug. The ThermoJo solves the age-old problem of your coffee getting cold fast, like before the end of a phone call. And if you're a tea drinker, we have you covered as well with our custom tea infuser. Check it all out at thermojo.com and use promo code SUCCESS1 and get a 30% discount. That's a really good deal. Just visit us at thermojo.com. That's thermojo.com.
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.